Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message by Senior Pastor Chris Valdez. Good morning. We're so glad that you're with us here for worship this morning. If you have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn to Hebrews chapter 12. If not, don't worry, it'll be up on the screen as we go through all the scriptures this morning. <clears throat> as Mike just said, this series is titled Unshakable. We live in a world where literally everything physical around us and everything living around us is shakable. But we have a hope and a God and a kingdom that is unshakable. And last week we looked at Hebrews chapter 11 verse 10 and saw that Abraham looked forward to a city whose foundation and builder was God himself. That God was architecting and building a kingdom that was unshakable. And then we looked at Hebrews chapter 12 where we're going to pick up in just a second. Which states that God has given us a kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, which cannot be shaken And I want to read this passage again this morning as it's key to this series. And you can read along with me or on the screen, starting in verse 26. It says, Now he has promised yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. In this phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is, things that have been made in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. The kingdom of God is a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And this is great news when we are surrounded by the shakable. Think about it. Everything around us is shakable. There isn't a nation that is in existence today that has always been with us. Civilizations rise and fall. Every civilization on earth has risen and fallen except the ones that we find ourselves with today. Nations rise and fall. And according to James chapter 4 verse 14, the life of every man and of every woman is like a vapor. We appear for a little while and then we're gone. It literally says we vanish. I I had a thought as we were worshiping related to that scripture that uh, it was something I heard uh, in the last week or so. And it was about just when when we come to our death and it and this scripture made me think about it just because it says we're all like a vapor. Our life may seem like a long time. Even someone who may live 100 years or 105 years seems like a long time. But in the eyes of God, it's as an instant like a vapor. And uh, this person was sharing, he said that at the time that we die, we're either leaving our treasure or we're going to it. And this passage that we're looking at this morning, talking about the unshakable and the reason that it came to my mind as we were worshiping is because literally the only thing that will be remaining in eternity is the unshakable. The kingdom of God, his foundation, his rock, his son, Jesus Christ, that he architected and built and put the unshakable kingdom of God, God himself, that is unshakable, that he invited us into a relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. And if we will plant ourselves on that foundation, what will remain 
is that foundation in us and the relationship that we have with him. Everything else around us, everything that we see, everything that's tangible in our world is shakable and is going to pass away. It's all going to vanish like a vapor. Just like every nation, every civilization, every human being that has ever lived has lived and died and followed the same path that we're following now. But every human being that found themselves on the foundation that's Jesus Christ are living for all eternity unshakable because they planted themselves on the rock in a kingdom that was founded and designed by the creator of heaven and earth. And it's unshakable. That's the hope that we have in Jesus Christ today. We can put our hope and trust and confidence in him and never be let down. Another key verse in this series that we looked at last week and we're going to start with this morning is Luke chapter 6 and verse 46. It's a parable that Jesus himself shared and it was about building our life on the rock, on the solid, unshakable foundation. Jesus said, starting in verse 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So we're looking at this foundation. The foundation whose architect and builder is God. This foundation that is unshakable. And Jesus says, if we will build on that foundation, when the storm comes and the winds roar and the, and the flood rises and rushes against our house, it will not be shaken If we've dug deep and placed ourselves on the foundation that's Jesus Christ. What does building on this foundation look like? According to Jesus, it looks like coming to him, hearing his words and doing them. That's literally the exact definition Jesus just gave in that parable. But before we dig deeper into this parable, I just want to add that according to 1 Corinthians 3.10, it just backs up what I just shared The Apostle Paul wrote, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. The father was the architect and the builder of this foundation of the kingdom of God that is unshakable. And that foundation is Jesus Christ himself. There is no other foundation that can be laid. Not one that will last. Everything else will fall away. Everything else will shake away. But Jesus Christ will stand. And we can stand in him. If we come to Christ and hear his voice and do what he says, we're literally building on that foundation that will never be shaken. There's an idea that's found in this parable that I think is very obvious, but at the same point, I don't think one that it's one that we normally see. It's not one that I've uh, just readily seen as I've studied this passage before. But once I tell you, I think it'll be obvious to you as well. Here's the idea, and this is going to be the focus of the message this morning. 
storms reveal foundations. They don't create them. So in this parable, Jesus is saying a a wise man is like somebody who comes to me, hears my voice, and does them. They're just like a person who digs deep, finds a solid rock foundation and anchors to that. That's what a wise man looks like. But And then he says after that, then the storm comes, the rain comes, the floods rise, washes against the house. And for those that have built on the rock, it stands. For those that didn't, it washes away. But again, like I said, the obvious underlying idea is you had to build on the foundation before the storm came. When the storm is raging, uh, anybody in here who's done any sort of construction or building knows that's not the time to build. Do you want to start your building project in the middle of a storm? I had an example that came to my mind as I was preparing the message. A few years ago, Kenny and I were in the process after we'd gotten our house here in the Passes, We were building a pool in our backyard. And as we'd gotten it dug and the hole was there, they were getting close to completion, but they needed it dry. And we were thankful for the rain. As you know, we can go in and out of, out of drought spells. So it was a blessing that we were receiving rain, but it wasn't good timing for our project. So every time there would rain, everything would get wet. They couldn't finish. They were, they'd have to pump it out and wait till it would dry. And then they would be able to, to work again. But by the time it got dried, it would rain again. And then we would pump it out and let it dry. And then they'd be like, okay, next week we're going to start. And then it would rain again. And we went through this process several times. Like we can't get this finished because it keeps raining. So I had the bright idea of building like a roof <laughs> over the pool. So I got this big tarp and and anchored it down on the other side of the pool and put two by four up in the middle to kind of make it like a tent so it would wash off and all this. And I'm like, I'm keeping this thing dry so we can, you know, get this project finished. And so uh, one night, Kenny and I are in bed. It's about two o'clock in the morning and I wake up and this storm is blowing in and you can hear the wind just pounding the house. And I was like, oh no, and I just get this panic. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> the pool, yeah, it's going to get wet again. I wake up Candy and we run outside and we're in our backyard in the middle of the night. And, um, the rain actually hadn't started yet. It was just the wind and blowing, but you, this storm was coming in and it was already flapping up and I'm trying to re-anchor the deals and everything. And then it starts and it just is a downpour of rain. The storm's coming down and we, we actually crawl in and under it and they're like trying to lift it up and push it up. And my little, you know, shoddy work here is just buckling under the weight of this tarp and the water's making pools and I'm trying to dump it, dump it out the edge. And then it just like collapses in and water rushes in and it's all, and then we just, you know, we, we throw up our hands and we, we walk defeated back in the house. So, you know, from head to toe. And, uh, but what it, what it shows is that my little structure had no foundation. Like it wasn't built for that. Uh, it might have taken a sprinkle, you know, and survived, but it wasn't ready for a storm. And in the middle of that storm, nothing we could do was going to hold it together. It was going to fall apart no matter what we did at that point. Now, it may not have made financial sense, but certainly we could have built a structure, you know, that would keep this thing dry. But it's a, who wants a pool with a roof over it, you know. 
But so the point is not that I, you know, I should have invested a lot of money to, to have built a strong foundation for this. But the point is when we build something like that with no foundation, it's not going to do what it's intended to do. It's not going to survive the storm. And so we had to do what we should have done in the first place and wait it out. <laughs> wait till the weather gets good. Wait till they could actually finish the project outside of a storm. And then it'll be okay. And then it's going to last. And so that's what the focus of this message is on this morning is that we need to focus on our foundation right now. And you may find yourself in a storm. You may be in the middle of a storm right now. But Jesus Christ is still there and you can still cry out to him and he will still save you even in the middle of the storm. But I guarantee you, your life will be much easier if you work on that foundation in advance of the storm. Jesus made a promise that that a lot of us don't like to remember. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have tribulation. It's a promise. We're not just going to have one storm in our life. We're going to have storm after storm after storm after storm after storm. That is the promise of Jesus Christ. But another promise is I will be with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. If you will dig deep and put your anchor in the foundation that is Jesus Christ, storm after storm after storm after storm can come and you will not be shaken. That is the promise. That is our hope. But the best thing we can do is build that foundation in advance. Read the word of God. Pray. Seek him. When, when the enemy came, Satan himself, to tempt Jesus, every response he gave was scripture. Jesus had poured the word of God into his heart, into his life. He'd read it over and over and over. And that was his response. He prayed to the Father. He had a relationship with the Father. And Jesus is saying, before the storm comes, come to me. Before the storm comes, hear my voice. Before the storm comes, start doing what I'm telling you to do. And you'll be like a wise man who dug deep and found the solid foundation. And nothing will shake you because I cannot be shaken and my kingdom cannot be shaken. I want us to each be encouraged this morning to start building on God's unshakable foundation today and each and every day going forward in advance of the storm. I've got another example for you this morning on building the foundation in advance. Um, this example comes from a classic film uh, that a lot of you will know and maybe love, uh, Karate Kid. <laughs> how, many, have, how many of you have seen it? If you walked in this morning not feeling old, I'm going to fix that for you right now. Um, so the classic movie Karate Kid came out in 1986. That's 30, or I'm sorry, 1984, I think. 1984, 36 years ago that was released. Yeah, not, I remember watching that as a kid, so I, I'm not immune from feeling old with this example. If for your kids or younger people, y'all haven't seen it, Watch the movie and think about this message and how it applies. Um, but I'll explain it to you. So in this movie, Karate Kid, um, there's a young man named Daniel. And 
he's having some trouble with some bullies and he gets caught by them finally and they just beat him up. And in the process of this fight and him just getting uh, beat up really badly, um, a handyman that worked in their apartment named Mr. Miyagi finds him or comes along and, and saves him and rescues him. So, so this guy that's much his senior just beats the tar out of these kids. Um, and so Daniel sees that and he's like, man, that is fantastic. Um, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to beat up all these guys like you just did. So, you know, will you teach me? And so he, he starts, uh, first he's doesn't want to teach him. He's like, no, that's not the point. That's not, you know, the way, the way this works. Um, but eventually he, he, uh, comes up with an agreement and he's going to teach him. But what I want to focus on is that then Mr. Miyagi has a not so traditional, uh, method for teaching, teaching him. And if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. But he has him do two different things. One is paint a fence. And so he goes up and down, up and down. And then he switches hands and he does it with both hands, just up and down painting this fence. And the other one is waxing all of his cars. So Mr. Miyagi has a whole collection of classic cars. I mean, it's like just this row of them. And he has Daniel wax them. And he says, shows him a method. He's like, wax on with one hand and wax off. Wax on and wax off. And um, he has to wax them all. And he does it once and then he like starts them over again. Like, okay, do it again. Wax them all again. And so Daniel starts getting frustrated. And he's like, this is a joke. You just wanted me to wax all your cars and paint your fence. (laughs) You know, that's all this is about. You don't want to do your housework and you found this dumb kid who will do it for you. Um, But at that point, Mr. Miyagi says, no, let me show you something. And so he takes them out and starts uh, doing some exercise and trying to punch them. And instinctively, Daniel blocks the attack with these moves that that have been built in. And so, again, it's kind of a silly example, but it shows you what I just was explaining about Jesus when Satan came to attack. Jesus had a relationship with the Father. He was constantly pouring in the Word. And when the attack came, the instinctive, immediate defense was the Word of God. Because it had been poured in, not in the middle of the storm, not in the middle of the attack. In the middle of a fight is not the time to learn karate. (laughs) Even if you've seen it on TV. (laughs) I know how this works. I've seen Karate Kid, you know. (laughs) It's not going to go well. You'll be like Daniel in the first instance and get, get your tail kicked. Storms don't build foundations. They reveal whether there is, is, reveal if there is one or not. And so in advance of the storm, Jesus says, come to me. Listen to my voice. Learn my voice. When you pray, listen. It's not, not all about talking there's there's a listening part to prayer uh pastor gerald's uh in in the middle of a, a class the next two weeks if you wanted to go listen to that during this service you can come to the early service and and go to common grounds and listen to that series he's just talking about hearing god but to hear god we have to stop talking and listen to his voice and we learn his voice and we're going to talk about that just in a second When we hear his voice, and if we haven't heard his voice, and know that we're standing on his word, when the storm comes, we will be washed away. Because in the middle of the storm, a word from Chris isn't good enough. A word from Daryl is not good enough. 
A word from a friend is not good enough. You have to know that you have heard the voice of God and that he has called you to do what you're doing and that he placed you where you are. And in the middle of that storm, if you have that word, you can hold on and you will stand and no storm can come and wash you off that foundation. We can't expect the structure of our life to stand in the middle of the storm if we didn't build on the rock in advance. Our relationship with Jesus Christ, scripture, prayer, godly relationships have to be built in advance. And that's what I want us to look at now is that the kingdom of God, we have to come to Jesus Christ first. But then he didn't call us to him alone. He called us into a body of Christ. And he called us to walk together with one another. So we know that building on this kingdom foundation, literally Jesus Christ himself, involves coming to Jesus and listening to his voice and then doing what he says. But we also have to remember that the Bible instructs us over and over and over that this is a journey we're called to embark on together as a body. In the same way that we need to come to Christ and hear him and do what he leads us to do in advance of the storm. It's best to develop relationships with our brothers and sisters in Christ before the storm comes. How many of you have been through a very difficult time and you had those relationships there to fall back on and for those people to walk with you in the middle of that storm? And I'm sure we've all had the same experience of going through those things alone. Or at least feeling like we're alone and not being able to reach out to anyone. It's much more difficult to go through those things alone than it is with a brother or sister in Christ. We don't know when the storm is going to come. But when it does, we need to have our foundations dug deep and sitting on the rock. And be surrounded by brothers and sisters in Christ who have done the same. That can go through the storm with us together. Again, in worst case scenario, you can reach out to the others in the middle of the storm. But like the examples that we've talked about this morning, that's not the ideal time. Other people may be willing to help you and reach out and give counsel or pray for you, but there's no relationship there. You're just now starting to build a relationship in the middle of your crisis. Where if that relationship was built before, you would have a strong, sturdy foundation to stand on in that relationship with that brother or sister in Christ. Romans chapter 15, verse 1 through 7 encourages us in this process. It says, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. Verse 5, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. We are to build each other up with endurance and encouragement from the word of God. 
and welcome one another just as Jesus Christ welcomed us all for the glory of God. There's countless one another verses throughout the Bible that encourage us to love one another, pray for one another, encourage one another, build one another up, be tender hearted toward one another, forgive one another, speak the truth to one another, be gentle and patient with one another. There's two that I want to share, two specific scriptures that I want to share from these one another scriptures. The first is 1 Thessalonians 5.11, and it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. And Galatians 6.2 says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Part of our duty, part of our purpose, part of our calling in Christ is to be there for one another in Jesus Christ. Last week, we looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and talked about how each one of us has a gift that's been given to us by the Holy Spirit, and we're to use it for the common good of the body. We're called to walk with one another, encourage one another, and build one another up in that relationship. And I want to take a few moments to share the vision of New Covenant Church with you. Many of you are aware of it, but some of you may not. Our vision is that we will glorify God by inviting all people to know, hear, and respond to Jesus Christ through relationship. Every aspect of this statement has been touched on in last week's message and this week's message. And I want to reword it that I believe still has the same meaning but kind of ties it to this message a little clearer. And this way it reads... We seek to glorify God by inviting all people to build on the unshakable foundation of Jesus Christ through relationship with him and his body. If we build on that relationship, we start out by coming to him, by hearing his voice and doing what he says and walking along fellow believers, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. We will be on that foundation. When that storm comes, we will not be shaken. We need relationship first with the Father through Jesus Christ and then with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We get there together. A relationship with Jesus Christ isn't just essential to being on the unshakable foundation. It is the only way to be on that foundation. Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And once we come to him and find that life, we are called to do it together. In addition, we're called to reach out to those who haven't found him yet, to those that are in the world that are lost and hurting. We're called to reach out to them and call them into this life, to call them to that foundation that can't be shaken. And if they see that life in us, they will see that there's something different about us. Not that we don't go through storms. We're going to go through storm after storm after storm. But they'll see us go through it in a different way than anybody else. Because we aren't shaken. Our faith isn't shaken. Our hope isn't shaken. We know that Jesus Christ is with us in the middle of the storm. No matter what the circumstances. That being said, I want to share where we see relational ministry in New Covenant Church going. Just a a practical vision or example. Um, So as many of you are aware, we have a lot of different ministries in New Covenant Church. Uh, My wife and children are back in in this side of the building right now doing skits and puppet shows with your children. And then on this side, we've got the nursery ministry going on. 
on Sunday night, this evening, we'll have youth ministry going on uh, for 6th grade through 12th grade. On Wednesday night, we have Spark that uh, covers all the way from nursery to 5th grade. <laughs> and, uh, and then on uh, multiple nights throughout the week, we have life group ministries that are just small groups that meet in homes. We have a coffee shop that's open from 6 a.m. Uh, to 10 a.m. every Friday that's just to bring people together in relationship. Uh, we have a lot of different ministry teams that you can serve on. And, and I'm saying all these things not to say that we need people in these areas. I'm just saying these are different places that ministry is occurring in the body uh, today. In addition to that, we have people that, that serve and volunteer in the mission. We have people, uh, teachers who are called to minister to their students, uh, a host of mothers and fathers who are called to minister to their children and their families and their neighbors. And, and it just goes on and on and on of the different ways, the different aspects that Jesus Christ is calling us to serve him. And last week we looked at, like I said, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that all of us is gifted with a unique gift by the Holy Spirit, some with multiple gifts, that, but each one is unique, and we're, you, we're called to use them for the common good of the body. And our heart in New Covenant is that everyone would come to Christ, would hear His voice, and would respond to what He's asking them to do in obedience, in relationship with the body of Christ. And what that looks like for us is that we want to partner with you, no matter what that area of ministry is, no matter if it's in the four walls of this church, if it's outside of the walls, if it's in your home, whatever God is calling you to do today, that's what we want to be there with you to support. We're supposed to encourage each other. We're supposed to lift one another up. We're supposed to pray for one another. And that is regardless of what the ministry Christ is calling you to so in our life groups, one of the things that we're going to start trying to do a better job at is when you attend a life group, that our life group leaders would, yes, there may be a lesson or there may be a study or something like that that we're going through, but more important than, than just that individual study is the relationships that you're going to develop, not only with that leader, but the other people in that group. And that we want to find out what is God telling you what is he speaking to your heart what is he calling you to do and once we know what that is then we can say okay we want to pray with you about that we want to encourage you about that maybe the lord told you to reach out to a co-worker and to encourage them and to pray for them and to tell them about the lord but you're needing encouragement and you're scared but you tell a brother or sister in christ then our job is to say okay i'm going to ask you next week if you talk to that person and if you say no, then I'll say, well, I'm praying with you and I'm going to ask you again next week. If you talk to that person, you know, you heard God tell you to talk to them. Be bold, have courage, follow through with what he told you to do. And I'm here to back you up. I'm praying for you. I'm encouraging you. You're not in this alone. So regardless of what that looks like, he may be calling you in, in, in all these areas of ministries that I've talked to you about. One of the areas or one of the things that we're encouraging our youth is that our youth would get more involved. There's not an age that you uh, get promoted to now I can do something in the body of Christ. As soon as you respond to Jesus Christ, you can respond. 
We have this morning, we have youth back there that are doing the skit. We have youth that are doing the puppet show. We have youth that on Spark Wednesday night are leading the small groups. We have youth in our youth ministry that are praying for each other. There's no area of ministry that they can't serve. They can serve communion. They can be on the ministry team. They can be greeters. And guess what? That goes for us adults too. There's no area that we can't be involved in. But the only area that our heart is for you to be involved in is the place that Jesus Christ is calling you to. Because that's the only place you're supposed to be. And your gifting does not look like your neighbor's gifting. You following God is going to look different than someone else following God because you are different. You're gifted differently. Even if you have the same gifting, you're going to serve with that same gifting differently. All that we're responsible for, according to Jesus himself, is coming to him, hearing his voice and responding to what he says. And if we do those three things, he says, you're like a wise man who dug deep and found the foundation that could not be shaken. The Corinthians said the foundation is Jesus Christ himself, the only foundation on which no other foundation can be laid. And it's the only thing that's going to last. Everything, everything else is going to pass away. Every nation Everything that we own, everything that's tangible, everybody that we know and love today is going to pass away. But there's a soul within us that's eternal. And God says, if you will come to me with that soul and you will hear my voice and respond, you can be planted on the only thing that will never shake away. My son, Jesus Christ, and the kingdom of heaven that I built and I architected, it's going to be here forever. So that's our invitation to the body of Christ in Lamb Passes. If you want to know, hear, and respond to Jesus Christ and follow him in relationship, you can do it with us. That's our heart. We just want to go where he's calling us to go. We want to do what he's calling us to do. And we want to walk with you in what he's calling you to do and where he's calling you to go. Will you bow your heads with me as we close in prayer? Dear Holy Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your son, the foundation that's unshakable. Lord, I thank you that you've promised to to be with us, to never leave us, to never forsake us, to be a solid rock foundation that's not going anywhere, that we can plant ourselves in and root ourselves in. Father, I pray if there's anyone this morning that has never come to you for a relationship with you, that this morning they would rely on you and admit that nothing else They can't rely on anything else, on anyone else but you. And they would put their hope and their trust and their faith in you. The unshakable rock, the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And Father, for those of us who know you and have a relationship with you, I just pray that you'll open our ears anew to hear your voice. 
to know that we know that we know that we've heard your voice and to follow it and to hold on to that word. Lord, like it says in Hebrews 10, that we would consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near, Lord, that we would consider that we would plan ahead, that we would build your foundation, that we would get together with one another and encourage one another, Lord, that we would come to Christ and listen to him and do what he's calling us to do, whatever that is, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to newcovenantlampasses.com.